In the 1630s, an unprecedented frenzy of buying and selling seized large parts of the population in Holland. People sold all their belongings and even went into debt in order to invest in a commodity that had no intrinsic value. When investors finally realized this, the price of the commodity plummeted and many lost their assets. To save those clamoring most loudly for protection from further disaster, the government took action, thus worsening the crisis. What was this article of trade that caught the fancy of investors, speculators, and fortune hunters? Businessmen, mainly from Spain, Portugal, England, and Holland, had been roaming the world looking for extravagant merchandise to take to Europe. Among these luxury items was a very special flower found in Persia and Turkey, first described around the middle of the 16th century by the Austrian ambassador to the court of Suleiman the Magnificent in the Ottoman Empire, he described them as having little or no scent. The flower became popular among the European upper classes, especially in Holland. It was the tulip. Admired for its variations in color and beauty, the tulip soon became a symbol of wealth and opulence. It was not wild tulips that elicited the Dutch people's passion, but cultivated ones, many of them carrying a virus that gave their petals highly unusual patterns, but also made them hard to grow and consequently all the more rare and desirable. By 1636, this admiration for tulips went far beyond an appreciation of their beauty. Tulip bulbs became objects of speculation, first among the cognoscenti, then among simple folks, with investors buying them not for the aesthetic value of the eventual flowers, but in the hope of rising prices. The journalist Charles McKay devoted a chapter of his 1841 book Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, to what he called tulipomania. Even though his description was not correct in every detail, the name stuck. Since no man of fortune could be without a collection of tulips, preposterous prices were paid for a single bulb. A trader at Harlem was known to pay one half of his fortune for a single root, not with the design of selling it again at a profit, but to keep it in his own conservatory for the admiration of his acquaintance, McKay recounted. One of the most celebrated species, the Semper Augustus, whose petals exhibited dramatic red and white streaks, was valued as the equivalent of twelve acres of building ground, and, another time, as the equivalent of a carriage with two horses, harnesses, and a sizable amount of money. No more than a handful of specimens existed in all of Holland. The owners had acquired them with the specific obligation not to cultivate them in order to keep their numbers low. Anecdotes abounded. For example, the one about the sailor who consumed a bulb of Semper Augustus for breakfast, thinking it was an onion, and then spent a few months in jail on felony charges brought against him by the owner. Or the British botanist who used his penknife to peel an unknown bulb that he found in the conservatory of a wealthy Dutchman and then proceeded to cut it into pieces, only to be informed by the furious owner that he had just destroyed an Admiral van der Eck. The activities took on a frenzied pace. Markets were established on the stock exchanges of the larger cities to facilitate the trade in rare tulips. In smaller towns where no stock exchange existed, taverns became the meeting places for tulip enthusiasts, with the rich and the poor rubbing shoulders to trade bulbs. Nobles, citizens, farmers, mechanics, seamen, footmen, maidservants, even chimney sweeps and old clotheswomen dabbled in tulips. 
according to McKay. Tulip bulbs must be planted by the late summer, and the flowers bloom for no more than a week or two during the following April or May. The original bulb disappears, but another one, and possibly some buds, appear in its place. These can be dug up starting in June, but must be replanted by September. Hence, actual trades could only be made during the four summer months. But the dealers did not take a break during the remaining eight months. Throughout the rest of the year, buyers and sellers made contracts with the intention of carrying them out during the summer. The traders agreed on the species of the tulip, the number or weight of the bulbs, the price, and the date of delivery and payment. Today, such an agreement is known as a forward contract. The actual delivery of and payment for the bulbs are delayed to some specified date in the future. A contract for immediate execution is called a spot trade.